Sister Luna Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, comprising the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai First Nations, as well as the Sutena First Nation and the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley First Nations. We are also recording in the home of Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Thank you for doing that land acknowledgement, John. We were a little late, yeah. but I'm still glad we got a, did it. <laughs> Our apologies to uh, particularly Blackfoot, which is the uh, where we are presently recording. This is their traditional territory. Um, we have not been doing the acknowledgement. And going forward, we will do our best to uh, recognize and meet the requests of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission as a podcast. Yes. Yay. Well, in case you didn't figure that out, you're listening to the Sister Luna podcast. Welcome. You want to say who you are again? I'm I'm Madeline. (laughs) And this is a guy who likes to elbow lamps. Yeah. Yeah. Your Madeline Rose witch? Nah. I mean, Madeline Rose is literally like my first two names. True. So that's really my name. Mm-hmm. So. I uh, just, I don't think we've promoted that or mentioned it on podcast yet. Not on podcast yet. No, I, I um, popped on Instagram live like two seconds before this. And mentioned it. But yeah, I started a new YouTube channel. I think I mentioned my old channel on here a couple of times, but I wasn't overly enthusiastic about people going there because I was not as good at it then as I am now. (laughs) All the video, not so, I mean, I still give some decent information, I think, about tarot. That whole channel is only about tarot, but I've really figured out the lighting and sound and um, production things a lot better on this new channel and I'm going to be covering a variety of topics instead of just tarot cards and it's the channel is called Rose Witchcraft. If you put a space literally if you put a space between Rose and Witchcraft you won't get me so just type it all together no space (laughs) bar Rose Witchcraft (laughs) One word Yes (laughs) I'll put a link in the description of course uh, we would also like to acknowledge that there has been a bit of a break since our last full episode. We have recorded two full episodes in between now and then. And three, really? Like, that one yeah. went for three hours, and I was like, as we were oh, recording right, it, yeah. or almost two, no, over two hours, and I was like, this could be a two-parter! This could be so great! <laughs> um we yeah did not get to do the full episode on trickster gods or the redo on the full episode of trickster gods we must have invoked them in some way we were saying the name of like every trickster deity we could think of just inviting them into the laptop literally like what were we thinking it made me feel that maybe sometimes we literally should record within a cast circle although i don't know if the equipment would work that well but i don't know man something (laughs) the equipment i think would work fine it's just we wouldn't get like cell signal so 
Um, win-win. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Win-win is right. Mm-hmm. I don't know though, because I've before meditated in a cast circle and I've set an alarm on my phone and it doesn't go off. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll try it. Maybe. Um, I mean, we'll certainly have Jared back on. Um, yeah, definitely. We'll probably attempt a different topic that time. I mean, if I can convince him to return after I made him record two episodes and aired neither of them. <laughs> uh, once again, his blog is... Frozenthoughtblog.wordpress.com Yeah. And Jared was a great guest on two episodes that we didn't really get to fully put out. Um, So sorry, our apologies to him. Yeah. Sorry, bro. But in the interest of not further antagonizing the trickster gods, we are moving on to a new subject. Just on to fairies. Yeah. They're not going to mess us over. Yeah, they've never They're not done mischievous. anything wrong. Yeah. They definitely don't steal things from you, only to return them when you don't need them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Madeline, what yes. is our topic this week? Beltane. 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 Mm-hmm. Bright fire. Festival of belts. What? What? <laughs> It's not the Festival of Bells. Oh. No. It means bright fire. Mm. Yes. Um, Bell, the bell part of Beltane. Bell is a um, Celtic god, uh, like a sun god. Mm. Their name means bright. And Tane means fire. So bright fire. Beltane. Yes. Um, This is another one of these. Every single... Sabbath and equinox, like every quarter day or whatever they call them, like in between the equinoxes and the solstices and the equinoxes and solstices themselves are so, the meanings and everything, the associations, all of it is so muddied. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, because of like... Wicca, basically. And I'm yeah. not talking shit. Like, Wicca's great. I, a lot of my practice is very, very close to a, what a Wiccan practice is, or certainly was um, when I was younger, too, and I was just starting out. Mm-hmm. Something a little bit easier to learn. There's a lot more information kind of, like, out there on it. But it also means that what the information that most people are getting on anything to do with alternative spirituality in the witch leaning <laughs> world is is um, for, for the witchy and the witch curious yeah exactly it's all like an amalgamation of just different things smushed together into one right so instead of being clear like this is this association is this because of this it's just like this association is this because I said so and I wrote a book in 1928. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I don't know. Um, The more, this podcast actually has really helped 
in me further understanding the Sabbaths because I definitely just took whatever I read. I mean, this not lately, but when I was younger, when I was first yeah. starting out, took whatever I read as like correct mm-hmm. and just was like, oh, great. It's called this. No explanation for why, but I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> but now I'm learning um, that it makes a lot more sense Like the holidays, the names, the traditions, the associations, they all make a lot more sense if you pick a lane. (laughs) So if you choose, like, I'm going to practice Gaelic Reconstructionism, Mm -hmm. then Beltane is a huge deal. And in that case, Beltane is a protection holiday. Mm. And in Wicca, Beltane is primarily a fertility celebration. Okay. So it's... Two quite different takes on the same day, which left me very confused for a long time. And I never could understand why, like what was going on. Mm. Why does Beltane feel like it's a fire celebration, but then it's associated with the God and Goddess marriage? Like it just was getting really muddy and confusing and Mm. hard to celebrate in a way. Like, the one thing that I just latched onto for the longest time was have sex outside. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what that's called when you do it on Beltane? Uh, When you have sex outside on Beltane? Yeah. I do not know the the term for that. Going maying. Going maying? Maying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Think, like, if you, nobody would know that you were about to go, go like, commit a crime if you mm. told them, I'm going maying. They'd be like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> it sounds kind of wholesome. Right? Even. Yeah. I mean, the, it's... Like, pers- it's like you're asking permission. Like, maying I have some sex outside? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of presented as wholesome. Mm-hmm. In, like... Okay. Before we get into that, I want to start at the true origin of the holiday or as close as I can get to it with the research that I did. I feel like I'm just talking a lot. Do you have something you want to say <laughs> before I get into all this? Um, no, I think in some of these past ones, you've asked me what yeah, I Yeah, do you want to like guess, about, like just give us what you know about Beltane. So the one thing that... Um, I definitely remember actually from our discussion at Samhain is we were talking about like the veil being like lowered at Samhain. And one thing that you had pointed out at the time is that that isn't the only time of year where that happens. And Beltane is, is the equal and not opposite, but like alternative to Samhain. Like, it's, it's both of them are about death as much as they are about life. It's just that Samhain is kind of, as you're entering those dark months, you're kind of recognizing the death more. Whereas Beltane, you're recognizing the life more. But it is still, like, there's still equivalence. Yes, um, that's correct. I got into... A fun, like, Twitter argument, I guess you could say, or, like, a back and forth with this um, person, Cavalorn, is their Twitter handle. 
And they were saying... tweet beef? Tweet beef? Is that what that's called? It is now. I'm imagining like crows eating a bunch of old hamburgers. (laughs) Tweet beef. So he was all, there's no such thing as thinning of the veil. This Mm. is a made up concept, basically. Like he was saying there's no historical um, like backing for that to be part of any discussion about Halloween or otherwise. And I don't know. It, it it started out, like, very angry, and I'm like, you're angering over semantics of the use of the word veil. Right. <laughs> but it ended up actually being pretty amicable at the end. Mm-hmm. But he did make a good point in that, like, he's right. There's no, no old, like, Irish texts say anything about any type of veil. Sure. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That yeah. word is not used. Right. However, they do say that, like, the worlds between the fae and, like, the humans are more intermingling. Like, the the creatures that normally live in this other realm are allowed to come over and vice versa. And everything's just kind of, like, more fluid. And that's more so represented by the um, fairy mounds or the Celtic burial mounds than it is by, like, a veil. There's no... Hmm fabric thing in between you know yeah um but yeah so basically you're right but um beltane and Samhain are both times when even according to old literature and not just to like modern interpretations of the day you are i guess you could say more likely to see a fairy or like a ghost or something right otherworldly than you would be on other days mm-hmm. yeah and they would be more likely to see you <laughs> dun 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 beltane and Samhain are both of okay do you think that you're so smart you're gonna get this right do you think that they're more relevant to european um farmers or european ranchers Farmers. Wrong. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They're of little oh, Im- yeah. They're of little importance to European crop growers, but of great importance to herdsmen. Right, that makes sense. Yep. And as we talked about on our mini Samhain episodes, Samhain is the new year. And therefore Beltane is like the midpoint of the year. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're cutting the year in half at Samhain and at Beltane. Hmm. And that is evidence for um, ancient Celts having been mainly a pastoral people dependent on their herds and not as much like farmers. Huh. I guess that makes sense, actually. Sheep and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. I doubt there was as many cattle. I think it's more sheep and goats oh, yeah, and that sure. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That land isn't too good for crops. That's why... Uh, mm. It was a real boon for them for a little while once they had the potato brought over. Right. Yes, that makes sense. Until the English, like, took it all away from them. Rude. Typical. Right? Truly. Okay, so the main thing that was done on Beltane in ancient times was to build these huge bonfires. So it truly is a fire festival in a huge way. It's true. And um, 
it was held to protect cattle from like disease or depending on who you ask from the fae or from the fae causing them to get a disease maybe um and they did it at beltane because that was when they were taking them out to their summer pasture hmm. so they would build two okay what is it? i have a quote the druids would make two fires with great incantations and drive the cattle between them to like purify them as they right. go from their winter like stables to their summer pastures. Wait, so they would drive two cows between two bonfires? No, no, no. They would build two bonfires and drive all of their like, all of the cattle between, between the fires. Between the fires. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty goth, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It would be a good like metal music video. Yeah. No, just when you called it fire, like the reason I smirked when you said fire festival was because of oh right <laughs> fire festival, which R.I.P. D.M.X. Oh yeah, I'm glad that you scammed all those rich kids and made you ride eternal in heaven. The pictures of him, like with his orchids, mm-hmm. are my favorite. <laughs> And there's a quote with them that says something along the lines of, like, I used to think that orchids required all of the best, like, equipment and lights and, like, fertilizer. And then I realized they just require love and attention, like all of us do. And I was like, uh, what? DMX? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> it turns out what X was going to give it to you was orchids. love all along. Yeah. Oh, love. Right. Yeah. And orchids. Love and orchids. Okay, so we've spoken on the podcast previously about the Hill of Terra, but now I'm going to talk about a hill called, I think, Ishta. Ishta? I think. It's spelt U-I-S-N-E-A-C-H, but I listened to someone pronounce it and I'm pretty sure they said Ishta. <laughs> spell that once more. Well, you can look at it. Right there. Excavations at Ishta. Uh, wow. Yeah. Gaelic is an insane language. Like, the mm. spelling doesn't mean anything, basically. <laughs> That's how it feels. Yeah. Like, you should just pick these characters at random. Are you just messing with me? <laughs> I think it, it's kind of just a control on the Anglos I was that, thinking that like, too. force the letters on them that are like, yeah, no, Ishta is spelled like this way. <laughs> um, so Ishta is a hill, an ancient ceremonial site in the barony of Rathconrath in southwest Meath, Ireland. In the 20th century, they found evidence of large fires and charred bones, showing it to have been ritually significant. I just think that's really cool that there's archaeological evidence for it having been mm-hmm. a ritual site. And that was, I think it's believed to be such by lots of like Gaelic reconstructionist pagans. And so it's just cool that there's scientific evidence. Of Certainly, it. yeah. Lighting your hearth from the Beltane fire was a common practice. So you would like go to this big fire that the Druid built with his many incantations for her and then you would like take a torch and go light your fire at your house with the Beltane fire yeah normally you would try to keep the fire in your hearth burning all the time but like the evening before Beltane you would put it out completely and then you would like relight it from the Beltane fire huh yes 
When the fire died down, people would dab themselves with ashes and sprinkle it over their crops and livestock. And I didn't know that, but I have been using charcoal from the Beltane fire for protection for like years. Hmm. So it's a fun coincidence. (laughs) Quinky dink. My favorite is to get a good like stick shaped piece of charcoal from the Beltane fire and use that to draw sigils and stuff. Very powerful. Food was also cooked at the bonfire, um, and there were rituals around that, of course. So Mm -hmm. there was a feast featuring lamb, and so that lamb was sacrificed, hence the bones at the archaeological dig, right? See what I'm saying here? Yeah. And like we were saying, there were pastoral people who probably had that type of livestock, goats, lambs sheeps, etc. There's a source from 1769 um, in Perthshire stating that a coddle, which is a drink made from eggs, butter, and milk, and sometimes oatmeal, was cooked on the fire. It's basically, it sounds like it's an eggnog. And hmm. it's only drunk at certain in certain situations. In one case, it's given to women after they give birth. It's given to people who are sick, who are, like, ailing and in bed, and it's drunk on Beltane. So I wonder what that, like, if it's just that it's a way to get a lot of, like, calories and some nutrients into someone who's not feeling well, or if there's, like, another meaning behind it. Perhaps the protection, if there's meant to be a protection aspect to it, drinking it at Beltane and drinking it, like, after you just had a child or both, I don't know. And when you're sick, like, you know? Don't check out. Okay. Yeah. Let's just assume, even though when... I was just talking about how we shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they also made oat cakes, um, just while I'm on this. So some of the mixture of the coddle would be poured onto the ground as a libation. Again, back to DMX, so pour some out for your homies. Um, everyone present would then take an oatmeal cake called the Bannock Beltane or Beltane Bannock. Hmm. Truly. And it's Irish thing. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. A bit of it was offered to the spirits to protect their livestock and they would break off like one piece for each animal. Like one piece for the horses, one piece for the sheep, one piece for the chickens or whatever. And then they would also offer pieces to the animals that might harm the livestock. That's like, a, I'm giving you this Beltane cake, so please don't eat my chickens, Mr. Fox. So truly, people would like stand around the Beltane fire. They would make this big like oat cake, and then you would rip off a piece and like toss it over your shoulder and say like the name of the animal that it's for and then after they're done throwing pieces of oat cake on the ground for different animals then they would drink the the eggnog stuff very similar to how i've been celebrating beltane over the years truly except for the sex part <laughs> but like the having a fire and then like leaving an offering i always just thought of it as leaving an offering for the fae like to yeah. be like please don't come fuck with my life if anything be helpful i'm giving you treats Mm -hmm. Um, be mean to someone else who didn't give you any treats. (laughs) 
Like, I don't know. Fairy protection racket, basically. I don't think you're ever, like, malicious that way. Like, I think it's more just don't mess with me. Well, I've never yeah, heard you I'm say not... specifically, yeah, go mess with someone else. <laughs> no, I'm never, like, sending them after other people. I just mean, if you need to be a jerk to somebody, how about it's not me because I gave you cake? Hmm, yeah. And again, back to my previous point about from a million episodes ago, every single deity likes cake, including fairies. It's true. Everybody wants cake. Hmm. Maybe that's what Marie Antoinette meant. You think she was speaking of the fae? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, that would be an interesting interpretation. <laughs> What color do you think is the main color associated with Beltane? Green. Green. No. Wait. Wrong. Pink. No. Where did you get pink? What have I been talking about this whole time? Oh, red. A fire. So yellow is... Okay. Yeah. Um, yellow flowers such as primrose, rowan, hawthorn, gorse, hazel, and marigold were placed at doorways and windows in the 19th century Ireland. Sorry, I, I said pink because that's another, like, early flower color. Like tulips? Yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes loose flowers were strewn at the doors and windows, and sometimes they were made into bouquets, garlands, or crosses. No, not crosses. That was a copy and paste, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they'd also be... This is my favorite part. They would also be fastened to cows. Aww. Right? So cute. I love it. <laughs> Me too. And equipment for milking and butter making. It's likely that such flowers were used because they evoked the element of fire. <laughs> These types of May Day customs were observed across Europe. It's interesting to me because they do the same thing to cows in India on certain festival days. Decorate them with Decorate flowers. Them with flowers. Especially, yeah. specifically marigolds. Yeah. So it's like, what? What else? What other May Day Beltane thing can you think of? It's a big one. You're going to get it. I believe in you. The pole. That's right. So, yes, the maypole. Now, that's a very, again, Wiccan interpretation of the day. Mm-hmm. However, there is an ancient, more ancient, um, Beltane observance that is similar, and it's called the Maybush. <laughs> the Maybush. Bush, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, they would get their bush, they would decorate it with ribbons and... Like, usually it's a flowering bush already, but okay. they would, like, put extra decorations on it. I was going to say, it can decorate itself. Yeah, but they're, like, putting ribbons just to be like, look how cute. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and oftentimes they would decorate it, like, just where it already was. Mm. Or sometimes a tree, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and other times they would, like, get a bow and bring it in and decorate it into their house. Or sometimes they would go parading through the street with a bush and be like... Yeah, just running down the street, flashing their bush at everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, guess where in Canada that practice is still done, like widely, publicly in the streets. Newfoundland. That's right. How did you know it was Newfoundland? 
that's the most like Celtic part of the country. Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, I've now pretty. I mean, maybe I shouldn't use the word thorough. I've basically gone over a number of different um, Beltane observances that do all have historical context to them. The earliest mention of Beltane that I found was from the 7th century. Mm -hmm. And I want to point that out because I literally watched a YouTube video this afternoon where some girl claimed that the first mention of Beltane in any text ever was the 10th century. And I was like, no. No, girl, it's not. (laughs) So I just, I'm not going to say who said it, but I just want to point out. And that's not even necessarily the first, the 7th century. That's just the first one that I could find. Hmm. And I was just, I mean, I've been practicing and observing for many years, but I spent this afternoon specifically, like, pretty in-depthly researching it, or this whole day, I guess. Um, And I found that. One day of research. One day. Okay. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) There's one other... uh custom tradition that I'm curious about. Shoot. The May Queen. Oh, yeah. Is that because you watched Midsommar? Yeah. <laughs> You're our May Queen. Mm. God, I would kill for that. Like, not the part where I light you on fire, but, like, all the other Street parts. Covered in the flowers. Yeah. And... Yes, truly. Like, the part where they're dancing around the pole and whoever dances the longest wins. I love that. Yeah. I might steal it, honestly, because I think it's great. And then the winner gets, like, the crown and they get carried everywhere and, like, they're a special thing. And then they get to give the offerings to the earth and everyone's like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> and then they, like, put her in the big, huge, weird dress. I mean, if we then burned an effigy instead of real people, I would be like, this is the best day ever! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> so also, I'm assuming you actually want this is to a a future like birthday party I need to arrange for you or. <laughs> but my birthday's in July. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a May baby. No. I don't even know any. What horoscope sign is that? May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May first. You are looking for an Earth sign. That's not Capricorn. It's not Virgo, so it must be Taurus? Yes. Huh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. It's the other Venus world sign, Hmm. along with my own. That's right. You're basically like if Venus herself was a large man with a beard. Like, you have so much Venus and Libra in your chart. I mean, you have so much Libra in your chart. I'm your Venus? Yeah, you're my fire. fire. But really, you have Libra sun, Libra rising. You have Libra, Venus in its home, like Libra in its ruling planet. Uh Libra, Libra, Libra. I'm doing scales with my hands. (laughs) Fair-minded. Yes. And fair of appearance as well. I don't mean pale. I mean like beautiful, (laughs) fair. Okay, so the May Queen. Yes, this is... The May Queen is a... Wiccan Beltane tradition, Hmm. along with the Green Man. So our girl, Florence Pooh, and 
the Jolly Green Giant get married on Beltane. <laughs> yeah. It's that's what that's what the significance of the May Queen is. That it's like the okay. god and the goddess getting married. Yeah. Okay. So again, the lineage of the god and goddess has never fully made sense to me in like the Wiccan Wheel of the Year either. I don't know if I just didn't have the right resources or if it just doesn't really make sense or if people are always interpreting it differently so it never lines up. I don't know. Anyways, the Wiccan take on Beltane is that the god and goddess who were like children born around like Yule are now old enough to themselves become like the mating pair mm. that then gives birth like later. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So they get married at Beltane. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes that makes Beltane, depending on who you ask, it can make Beltane a popular day for hand fastings. Because people are like, oh, this is the hand-festing day. <laughs> Perfect. Here you'd probably be getting married in like a foot of snow. But in other parts of the world. I mean, if it was this week, you could be in summer weather or in a foot of snow. Literally the same week yeah. that happened here. Within 24 hours. People go camping every May long weekend. And every fucking year it snows. And yeah. just like, why do you do this to yourself every time? <laughs> Anyways, that aside, the, okay, so the god and goddess get married. Smooch, smooch. Mm-hmm. Yay. Some people say that having a hand testing on Beltane is like asking for trouble, basically, because you're competing with oh. the god and goddess, or like presuming yourself to be just the same as them, and then they're going to be like, smote. They're the jealous types. I mean. Yeah, most gods are. And Faye, too. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast, but I definitely talked about it on Shrieks and Geeks on my first episode. Brides are some of the most likely to be abducted by the Faye. Like, new brides. Like, Mm. on their wedding night. Goodbye. (laughs) Gone. Because you're, like, so radiant and happy, and you're wearing your nice gown, and you're, like crown and you're being celebrated yeah, you're, you're so beautiful dressed up to present to a fit exactly they're like oh look at this nice maiden that you're offering me let me just take that mm. and especially if you got hand fasted on belt and they're just like oh great just yeah. walk right into your world and grab your woman <laughs> yeah just, oh my god you guys got me a bride like you shouldn't have okay <laughs> all right i'll take her <laughs> yeah so thoughtful of you. Mm-hmm. Who's this guy? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> or gal. Truly, the more I learn about pre-Christian, like, Gaelic politics, the more I'm like, well, I'm just going to go back in time. I mean, it's better. They, I mean, thankfully, where we live, it's not as bad, although Jason Kenney is on the fucking warpath to make this into basically Texas or whatever. Like, he... Anyways... Gay marriage was not against any laws, as far as I can tell, at all. Like, no one gave a shit. It wasn't even a question. Like, not even a discussion. And then women also could hold land, like, as much as they want. And when they get married, their husband doesn't have the right to their land. Like, they can get divorced and still keep their land if they want. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 
it's just like, how long was it that women weren't allowed to own property here? Like, or in fucking England, for that matter. (laughs) It just makes me angry. Yeah. A lot of, like, the original texts are completely lost to history because they, certainly for pre-modern, like, queer history, it was all being assembled in, like, Berlin in the early 20th century, and it all got burnt down. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the school, but it was, like, basically, like, it was like a, a queer history college, university, wow. library, um, and it was burnt down prior to like Kristallnacht, um, like as the Nazis were rising to power. Oh, which is why like just another reason to hate Nazis. Oh yeah, but they also like like it's good confluence. It's you can kind of mark like fascist movements by kind of their earliest enemies are always like communist queers and witches yeah that's why we're antifa on this podcast yeah (laughs) yeah okay anyways beltane we talked about the may queen we talked about the may bush Mm -hmm. which to me i mean i didn't find anything that directly related the Maybush to the Maypole, but to me they felt very obviously connected without even looking that up. Why not just use a tree that's already there, like living its best tree life as your Maypole instead of having a full-on pole? I did this at Yule a bunch. I would go put um, popcorn garlands and stuff on trees that were in my preferred wild area. Wild-ish, I guess. Anyways, I did it at Yule always because like decorating a tree at Christmas is like a thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a Norse thing. And apparently, the Gaelics decorated them at Beltane. So, I guess to summarize, yes. What is Beltane there to celebrate? Like, why? What is it doing? What is its function? Now or historically? Historically. And now, actually. Okay, there are two different answers. Let's do historically and then Two very different answers, in fact. So historically, Beltane existed because it was pertinent that the herdsmen would take their herd, their cattle or whatever it was, sheep, etc., from their like winter barn or holding or wherever they were hanging out to their summer pastures. Mm-hmm. So it's a cattle drive, basically. Um, and so they're taking advantage of this, like, well, we're going to move them from here to over there, so we'll purify them as they go. Yeah. And we'll protect them at the same time. Like, it's actually very um, practical mm-hmm. to think about it. And that's a type of witchcraft that I can always get on board with is like the practicality. Yes, practical magic. Not just the movie, although I do love that movie, I can't lie. (laughs) But yeah, like why not just like infuse the magic into something you already have to do? Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So 
Historically, Beltane is a fire festival, a festival of protection from interference from the fae or from disease or what have you. Um, and it's to do with driving livestock. Today, I mean, depends on which practitioner you ask, but I would say that the reason for Beltane existing would vary from celebrating the earth, like further waking up, getting closer to summer. I mean, sometimes Beltane is described as the start of summer mm -hmm. and like the height of spring at the same time. Sometimes it's an excuse to bone on a hiking trail. Um, <laughs> it, and for a lot of people, a lot of Wiccans and other like eclectic practitioners, it's a celebration of fertility. Like fertility in the sense that the sex is the sex that's going to cause the fruit to happen is happening at Beltane. So it's not a harvest fertility festival. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a festival of fertility of like, let's plant the seed now. Mm -hmm. Literally. Would you like to know how the Catholic Church has attempted to suppress and supplant this holiday? Yeah, sure. Tell it. The listeners probably want to hear. So I'll just sit here and drink my wine. <laughs> Well, this one's an interesting one because the popular one is not what you think. Originally, labor. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> originally, yes. It, uh, sorry. Originally, no, it wasn't labor. It was, um, you know, as a fertility festival, it was uh, a celebration of the Virgin Mary. And her somehow getting knocked up despite the fact not being married. Somehow. Yeah. Wild. Um, she got a dude to jizz into a cup and then she had her lesbian lover inseminate her with it. <laughs> that was displaced in 1955 by Pope Pius XII, oh. who was famously... famously the Pope that endorsed the Nazi plea of Germany. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so he's associated with burning all that queer history you mentioned earlier, in a sense. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe not. That might have predated him, because I think Pius came to power in 1939. But if it predated him and didn't post-date him, that means that he was like, I agree with what yeah. you have Oh, done. for sure, yeah. <laughs> He created the Feast to St. Joseph. Joseph being... The father. The father of Jesus. And the carpenter. The worker. Luke. Because that is... When you are talking about May Day, and when I think about May Day, which you have referred to Beltane as May Day, mm -hmm. I think about the labor history. Mm -hmm. Do you know that history? Not specifically. Would you like me to tell you? I would love it. Okay. In 1884, there were uh, labor organizations across the United States that were pushing for an eight-hour workday. This is bringing down from the typical 10-hour workday that was normal at the time 
12 in certain parts of the country, but in Illinois, where our story takes place, it was a 10-hour workday. Okay. And so it was a 50-hour work week because it was a, Ugh. yeah. Yeesh. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> they labor organizers they organized for a couple years and they organized this mass general strike across the united states cool as fuck for may 1st mm-hmm. belting mm-hmm. 1886 nice and it was officially the declaration that moving forward we are going to have an eight-hour workday by the best estimates, 300,000 to 500,000 workers across the United States went out and struck. There are varying like jurisdictions and like abilities to strike, various organizations that may or may not have had the ability to strike or like cause okay. to. Sure. But it's for the time a reasonable like a pretty large number. They would continue to strike in a lot of places, but again, our story takes place in Chicago, Illinois. Seems like a cool town. Yeah. I would like to go there. Interesting labor history, for sure. (laughs) We heard pizza. On May 3rd of the same week, strikers at the McCormick Harvesting Machine Company would strike through the day and but there were a bunch of like strike breakers that went into the the factory and continued to work scabs scabs yeah at the end of the day the like the end of day whistle goes and all these scabs are approaching the gate and all the strikers they come to like heckle them yeah as they should as they're scabs yes correct police fire on the crowd jesus christ they kill two of the strikers and for, again, no reason. There was no violence. It was just the strikers were heckling the They were the threatening scouts. the status quo. Yeah. Therefore, the status quo's secret police force had to fire on them, fucking shoot them in cold blood. Literally nothing has changed. I'm so mad. Sorry. Go yeah. on. <laughs> So that not, on, sorry, not literally nothing has changed. Now we do have an eight-hour workday, sort of. So they, I'm not, I don't mean to say these strikers didn't accomplish anything, but... You know why we have an eight-hour workday? Why? Haymarket Affair. Okay, go on. Tell <laughs> us about that. <laughs> so after this had happened, like, workers in the city were enraged and... No shit. They arranged peaceful peaceful rally for May fourth. Like it was, it was the May the fourth be with you. The basically like the anarchist organizations in the city arranged like an enormous rally at cool. uh, the Haymarket. It's giving me goosebumps. By every single report of people that were on the ground, this was a peaceful rally. Like there was mm. no. Mm-hmm. No real like incitement to violence, anything like Destruction that. Destruction of property. Yeah, nothing. Then the cops just came and started like knifing all the water bottles and like shooting rubber bullets at all the medics. Oh wait, that just happened. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, not even a year ago. Sorry. You're kind of close. There was a bomb that went off. No one has ever been definitively linked to this bomb. 
But the bomb itself killed two police officers. The CIA. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, the CIA didn't exist yet, but I mean... Same idea. OSA, like, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of speculation about, like, the causes of the riot, or of the bomb. riot yeah. at the Haymarket Affair. Sure. The bomb is definitely thrown. That oh. is undisputable. Okay. There was a bomb that was thrown, it blows off, blows up, kills two police officers. After that bomb goes off, police just go fucking nuts. And yeah. they, like, basically open fire on the crowd. Uh, okay, sorry to interrupt you, but I'm imagining a story where the two cops that were killed were the two cops that were sympathizers, and they were like, we want to go and, like, they're going to have cops at this. Like, we should go there just yeah. in case, like, to be a nonviolent cop at this thing. And then they're like, throw it at them. <laughs> Get them. I mean, maybe yes, maybe no. Like, I mean, I know there's no, like, evidence for that, but that's how I want to tell the narrative in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then all these cops who hated them and heckled them and, like, you know, harass them for their entire career. We're like, oh, now that they're dead, let's kill everyone because of that. There's a story in there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, for sure. There were eight people charged with the bombing incident. Okay. And none of them could be definitively linked to the actual bomb. It was just they were all like well-known anarchists, well-known agitators in the right. In the ensuing gunfire after the bomb, there were eight police dead and four civilians dead. And I couldn't get a definitive number of civilians injured, but 60 police officers injured. Most of them injured definitively by guns that were shot by other police officers. They had their friendly fire turned on. That's what I was <laughs> laughing at earlier before we started the podcast. Just like, yeah, like they just started freaking out and like, no, oh, there's a guy with a gun. Oops, officer. But they're wearing a uniform. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> the response to this was to maybe they thought they were tasing them. They thought they were holding a taser. Not a right. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of those 1880s tasers. Yep. <laughs> It's really long, and you have to like load the electricity into it on the end and stab it in with some kind of a. Oh my long god! Stick. I, I thought I had my slingshot, and <laughs> turns out it was a gun. Oops. Yeah. Um, no, that's almost definitely what happened. And so, as a response to that, May Day, May first, uh -huh. the official declaration of the Eight-Hour Workday mm -hmm. was considered a holiday by. Socialists and communists worldwide. It is still celebrated in much of the world. Not here. Not here. True. Canada, where we're we're basically part of like it's we're just an imperial outpost, but yeah. first for the Brits, and then we kind of just changed ownership to the United States. We're very polite, and that's why no one expects what we're doing. Like, everybody just thinks, like, oh, in Canada, everyone's so nice. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. <laughs> First 
of all, I'm a bitch, but I'm way nicer than most of these asshole fascists who are in power in our province right now. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Haymarket Affair, one of the most like important labor events in history is not really recognized or not officially recognized in the country where it actually took place. In the international working order, it definitely is. Like, I was in Mexico City for May Day mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Cool. And it was one of the most enormous, like, parades that I've ever seen. That must have been sweet. It was. I'm yeah. so jealous. I yeah. remember you actually, like, texted me, not the day of or the day after, I don't think, but, like, around there, called me and I was like, I'm so jealous. Yeah. No, there's still, like, there's footage of it on my Instagram still. So. Do you want to plug your own Instagram? No. Is it public? Uh, yeah, it is. It's wild Fowler, wild with an E. Yeah, so like most of the world, it is Labor Day because it recognizes this enormous labor action with, and it recognizes that the state will fight you back and it, like, yeah. the state will be asymmetric in its warfare in Absolutely. any kind of like mass labor organization. Mm-hmm. Our Labor Day is in September for some reason. I think they eventually had to give, like, the workers' movement something in this continent. But we don't get the real Labor Day, the real May Day. Mm-hmm. Which is May 1st, yeah. Do you know what May 1st is in the United States? No. Loyalty Day. Ew! What? Are you serious? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. We're going to cut to an ad read right now. Blue Lives Farms. Premium bacon. If you want to take the popular nomenclature, eat the rich, or rather, eat the working class rubes who defend the rich to the family table in your very non-nuclear family, then... Stop on by to Blue Lives Farm so you can pick out your own pig. Which one looks the juiciest to you? We'll slaughter it on site and you can fry it up in your cast iron. And when you're all done draining it on uh, on your copy of the failing New York Times, you can <laughs> scrape the pan and make some black salt to use in a banishing powder that you throw into the faces of other cops who try to thwart you when you're doing labor action. <laughs> Again, premium bacon from Blue Lives Farms. This episode is brought to you by the best bacon you can buy with your labor, which is worth more than you are paid for it. <laughs> Sorry. That made me so mad that it inspired me to do a fake ad yeah. read. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. Come up to the mic, please. I know this is yeah. your third beer, but you need to be beside the microphone if you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. What I was hoping... Hoping. 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 Opening, hoping. What I was hoping what would happening with <laughs> introducing that history of, like, the Labor May Day... Yes is that we would find some kind of confluence, but I'm not sure that it's there. Like, I think it's there. I okay. see it. Let's hear. I feel it. I feel it in my soul. 
Well, first of all, your point Speak about... Speak on it, sister. Here I go. I was already speaking on it and you interrupted me, but I forgive you. Hmm. <laughs> so you already pointed out that every fascist regime, first of all, goes after queers and witches and communists. Yeah. So... I'm Almost like as <laughs> like a, a routine. Yeah. I'm literally all three of those in one person. Yeah. So if I say it's associated, then I I win. Then yep. it's law. <laughs> but truly, there is, I think, at least room for an argument for the relation between the two. Mm-hmm. Think about the fact that Beltane has always been a festival where you build a huge bonfire and then you use that bonfire to purify the things that keep you like fed and safe and like supported in your life. Sure. Yeah. So I may be a water son, but I have a lot of fire in my chart and I'm a angry person. <laughs> and um, my reaction to most news especially from like provincial news is burn it down, burn it all down. Mm-hmm. I can't even say what I really want to say right now because literally cops will come to my house and be like, we heard on the internet that you want to do murder. <laughs> like I can't, I literally can't like just say, tell us what you would like to do in Minecraft. Like if say you saw Jason Kenny in Minecraft and you had the opportunity to build a stone wall around him and then like pour lava into that in <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> would you do that? I would absolutely do that. Okay. I would earth bend that lava onto him so hard. Yeah. No. If I was a bender, I'd be a fire bender, let's not pretend. Yeah. Then the Fire Nation attacked. Zuko was my number one before I saw the second. Okay. <laughs> I related to him so deeply that it was like hurting my feelings. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Even, okay, so I can pull a, I'm sure I can pull a parallel from both versions of Beltane. The traditional Gaelic and the Wiccan Hmm. for May Day. Wait, the Gaelic, the Wiccan, and the Labor? Yes. Okay. Yes. The Trinity. Yeah, that's right. The Holy Trinity. (laughs) So Beltane, according to the Gaelic people, is a rite of protection for your flock now let's pretend that your flock is your labor because truly if you are a shepherd it is yes that's a representation of your time your dedication everything that you're putting in to your Mm -hmm. job as shepherd or fucking cowboy whatever you want to call it and so on beltane get a druid you get a a guy a girl guy person non-binary pal who's like kind of weird and they're gonna (laughs) create a bunch of incantations they're gonna create a bunch of slogans and signs and like okay i almost said instagram posts twitter maybe and whatever about how your livestock your labor your value deserves to be protected Hmm. you deserve to receive the most that you possibly can from your effort in tending this herd. And in terms of the Wiccan version, which is a fertility holiday, which is all about like coming together and unity, which is creating a seed of something that will then grow to be more than it is at the time of conception. Mm -hmm. Like there were further labor movements after May Day, were there not? 
Yeah. The movement continued to grow from a seed into a full plant. I mean, the the Haymarket affair almost certainly like influenced and inspired a lot of the October Revolution. Inspired like it's as I said, still very recognized in Mexico today, where they do have like a pretty strong labor labor history and acknowledgement of, of that history. I think in terms of like Latin America, really. Yeah, like witches combined with rallies Mm. is a thing that we're seeing in modern times actually quite a bit. Like there's a whole internet phenomena of people dressing in all black with the witch hat with the face covered. Almost Mm. like clan situation, but like black. So opposite of that, I'm assuming, is like the point. And also obscure your face in case you have a job where you're not allowed to be at a protest. Anyway, they're showing up at all kinds of rallies with their hats on, like the full silhouette of a witch with signs that say like, I mean, it was more so a thing at the Women's March. Signs that say witches supporting other bitches was a big one. Also, please refer to our previous episode on this exact topic. Literally, our first episode is about this exact thing. And there is an image on there of me wearing all black with a black hat, holding a sign with a sigil on the back, but the sign, the words are in the image that says, banish all police brutality, and there's a pentagram underneath. (laughs) And John is in the picture too, right beside me. In fact, our roommate took that photo. When I saw it, I was like, this is the best picture ever. We're an Antifa power couple. (laughs) This is my favorite thing. (laughs) And literally, when she looked at it and I said that, and she was like, goals. Like, that's relationship goals for me. (laughs) Like, at a protest with your partner, just like with sides up, Mm. being your full, complete, actual self, just like shouting at the man. We are taking submissions for... A Dear Abby style advice uh, column. So if you are interested, please reach out. You can find us at sisterlunapodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at sisterlunapodcast. We'd be more than happy to hear from you and to address your concerns on the air. Sister Luna says, Beltane is coming up. Maybe you'd like to build a fire in order to protect yourself from the Fae, from killer cops, whatever type of protection you might need. Save that Beltane charcoal, carry it with you, or use it to draw sigils. Use it to create a black salt. Use it to create an ink with moon water and create a sigil using that. Just allow yourself to tap in to the massive, ancient, and modern history of May Day of Beltane. Thanks Blessed for listening. Be. Blessed be. Blessed be.